0: Everybody, welcome back to episode number thirty-six of the Tip of the Spirit Leadership Podcast. Today, I have Mr. Michael Hildebrand from the Yavora Leadership Foundation with me. Mike, thanks for joining us. Thanks for uh, asking me to be here. Looking forward to it. Mike, please give everybody an introduction to who you are. Um, we'll talk about the Yavora Leadership Foundation, and the goal for this podcast is to you know, kind of fill the gap for the aspiring company officers through your 30 years of your foundation, uh, the experience that you have and, and the, the networks of uh, the leaders that you've, you've worked with and, and that you continue to work with. Um, you know, leadership is not one individual having all the answers. I think leadership is a collective collection of experiences shared through your network and um, you sharpen that edge with uh, education. So, Mike? The floor is yours, sir. Please give us an introduction and, you know, what everything is and what you'd like to talk about.
1: Okay. Well, thanks for the opportunity. Well, a quick background. Uh, I wear a couple of hats. Um, uh, I've been the president of the Evora Leadership Development Foundation uh, and all of our board of directors and committee members for the last 35 years uh, volunteer their time. And I'm also currently the vice president. Uh, with a company called Emergency Management Solutions, which is a Savannah, Georgia-based company. So my career is a little bit unique in that I've worked both on the public safety side, my volunteer military service, and the fire service spans 20 years. I spent 10 of those years with the Pritch George's County Maryland Fire Department on the hazardous materials response team and I was a shift commander for with the team for five years. Uh, but uh, I also on the consulting side uh, have worked uh, for refineries, chemical plants and so forth. So essentially my whole career has been spent in emergency planning and response with the specialty and hazardous materials, emergency response, and uh, I got several textbooks in print on HAZMAT, including Hazardous Materials in the Incident, which I co-authored with uh, Greg Knoll, and uh, the original first edition was co-authored with uh, Jim Yavora, who is the namesake of the Yvora Leadership Development Foundation.
0: So... Would you say, so do you think that through your experiences, you know, you have different hats that you said. Um, you did some, it sounded like some emergency operations in the field. And before we started recording, you talked about teaching through MIFRI. Um, so you have experience in the field uh, as a firefighter and some hazmat stuff and all that. And over time, uh, you've, uh, you've became the president of the Evora Leadership Foundation, which focuses on leadership specifically. Uh, you. Do you feel like your background kind of led you to uh, being more well-rounded to lead and be an officer, and and you know with with the PG County hazmat stuff? Um, do you feel like it, it set you up for success? And then as you move forward, it uh, you know the education helped you as well. I know that's a few different questions, but mm-hmm.
1: yeah. Well, I think the uh, the beginning point of the Vora Leadership Development Foundation really. The idea originated with uh, Jim Yavora. As I mentioned earlier, Jim was one of the co-authors of the first edition of our textbook, which uh, initially came out in 1988. And uh, Jim came over to my house on a Wednesday evening, and uh, he was really happy that the manuscript of the first edition was finally done. And I said, "Okay, what's next? And he said, I want to do something on leadership. Jim's thoughts were that uh, there was so much focus on the development of managers in the fire service through uh, education, you know, associates degree programs, bachelor's degree programs, that it had been done at the expense of leadership. So uh, we didn't really digest the idea very much. uh, But the conversation ended there. That was Wednesday night and Jim was killed in the line of duty on next Friday night. So that was the last conversation that I had with him. So uh, when Jim died, it really took the wind out of my sails, uh, as well as everybody else that knew him. And the idea came up that uh, it was such a tragedy that we needed to do something positive. Uh, so we started uh, the Yavora Leadership Development Foundation with a focus on developing America's future Future fire service leaders through our scholarship and, and awards program. So that's, that's how we got started.
0: What do you think some of the common themes that you've uh, developed and learned and, and focused on in your time with the foundation?
1: Uh, well, one is consistency, uh, making sure that uh, the qualifications, uh, the requirements for the award are pretty consistent. You know, for example, all of our award recipients have to write an essay on what leadership means to them personally and then we require each of the applicants to have three letters of recommendation we don't tell them who they have to come from but they they typically come from their supervisors or p- people that they they ultimately respect uh, their opinions and that really provides a great opportunity for the individual because I have, I've mentored younger people and I ask the question, where do you see yourself being in five years? And a lot of times I get a deer in the headlights look, you know, there's no forward thinking about where you're going with your career. So uh, getting those letters of recommendation provides an opportunity for you to sit down and have a chat with somebody that you respect on where you're going with your career.
0: What do you think some of the common themes are that you're getting back? Um, you know, you, you say you, may, you have them uh, write down what leadership means to them. And, you know, of the people that apply for this, and this, is, I guess, kind of, I think, important too is, you know, the people that are applying for this, when I look through your website, not all of them are officers in places. They're firefighters, some of them are paramedics. You know, they're all kind of a little bit of walks of life. However, collectively, they're still human beings that need to you know, accomplish a goal of leadership. Their leadership affects them directly. They have leadership that they use that affects others directly. You know, everybody's got their link in the chain when it comes to, um, what leadership is. And that's, you know, accomplishing a goal with a group of people. What do you think some of the common things are?
1: Well, before I answer that, let let me say that, uh, you know, when we give these scholarships away, we're giving you money. Mm -hmm. Uh, and while money is important, and we all, all value that, when we interview people after they've received these awards, the thing that strikes me the most is that, uh, that it's pretty consistent feedback that I get. It's just that somebody noticed me uh, on our scholarship and awards committee. You know, we have guys like uh, Adam Thiel, who's the fire commissioner of the city of Philadelphia, fifth largest fire department in the U.S., Alan Brunacini, Chief Alan Brunacini was on our committee uh, for thirty years, and so we have uh, a, a really great group on our scholarship and awards committee that picks these folks. And uh, it's that that recognition. There's so many people that I've talked to that have received our awards that were some some of them were just struggling. They were at that point. Like some of these people that received awards, they have a choice. I can buy shoes from my kids. Uh, or I can continue taking that one final class. Uh, And so our target audience is really the company officer, but you're right. Some of our past award recipients have been uh, firefighters. I recall a young woman who applied for funding to complete her paramedic training. The department she was applying to required you already to have that certification. Uh, and she was a single mother with a child uh and so uh the scholarship and the awards committee uh gave her the award and this is pretty cool because a year later i got this christmas card I opened it up and there's a picture of a small modest house and she said you probably don't remember me but i'm one of your past award recipients and I just want to let you know that I did get my paramedic rating. I did get the job and I just bought my first house. I mean, that really got to me. Sure. Uh, and, and the takeaway is somebody believed in her. She was at that moment where she was struggling, not not knowing if she could push on and push through. Uh, and to have a group of respected uh, leaders recognize her, her needs. Uh, that that was
0: what she needed to give her the boost. Yeah, and I think everybody kind of has a, I don't want to call it an end goal, but in, you, you brought it up yourself. You know, where do you see yourself in five years? Where do you see yourself in ten years, twenty years, whatever it is? Where do you see, where do you see yourself in your career? What are your, you know, what are your major accomplishments you want to, you want to, uh, you want to have? And you know, with this story that you brought up with the lady with the paramedic card, you know, everyone has a rung in the ladder right? And, you know, for me in in the department I work for, being a paramedic is something you have to do. You have to be uh, a paramedic to promote. I mean, excuse me. And that was not necessarily something I wanted to do. However, I knew my goal, my end goal was to be an officer at some point. You know, I I wanted to do that. I had officers that um, I really, really liked and I wanted to be like them. I had officers I did not like, which has made, made me want to promote as well. And you know, you have to hit all rungs in the ladder and it's tough and it's not always easy, you know, and the paramedic was her rung in the ladder to eventually buy her house and and all that. And and I think and it kind of talks to your foundation as well as education is always going to be that link to success because no matter what you do and your experiences, your experiences in life can make you successful, I think in the moment, but overall longevity wise and uh, trajectory wise, how far you go. Is all going to come down to you have to be educated. You have to be able to communicate in the written word. You have to be able to communicate, um, you know, in a personal communication, like you, I mean, you have to be able to talk to people face to face and those things. Um, you did talk about before we started recording, you had a few things you wanted to kind of touch on and, um with the leadership foundation and specifically what's coming up a lot and and all that. And I I want you to get into that. So if we we could move on to that, that'd be great.
1: Yeah. So uh, a couple of years ago, uh, as I said earlier, uh, all of our award applicants have to write an essay on what leadership means to them. And we have over 125 or 130 award recipient essays. If you go to our website and you want to read them, they're there. Uh, so i got a software program and uh was wondering what if i could use that to mine from these past essays the most frequent frequently used words that describe what leadership is all about and that really produced some interesting results uh and so the number one uh word used consistently was respect in other words to to have a high opinion of somebody. So we're talking about dignity, having a good name, honor, prestige, and and reputation. And what was interesting is that these essays cover a 30-year period. And uh, there was, of these six characteristics I'm going to talk about here shortly, The what was interesting is that they didn't really change that much. So what Perspective leaders thought the qualities of good leadership in the fire service were haven't really changed that much in 35 years. Uh, number two, that was most frequently used, is uh, integrity and honesty. Uh, you know, that means to have moral and ethical strength. So you're looking for character, fiber, you know, honesty, and, and good principle. Uh, Number three was humility. Uh, We could all use a a dose of that. You know, humility, a lack of vanity or self-importance. So we're looking for characteristics like humbleness, modesty, and the willingness to admit uh, that you're wrong in a graceful way, which is pretty difficult for for most of us. Uh, And, you know, when you win... Yeah, and you you want to point, uh, do it graciously. Uh, the fourth most common word used in these uh, essays over 30-plus years is fairness, you know, me, which means that as a leader, you need to aspire to be just and unbiased in your decisions. So some of the key attributes that you might focus on developing would be impartiality, justness and, and uh, objectivity in the decisions that you're, you're making. And the fifth most common one was service before self. And some of them express that in different ways, uh, but it all boiled down to uh, your ability to make decisions that benefit and strengthen the entire team and not just a few people uh, in the company, no favoritism. So that means you have to be a good mentor. You have to motivate people, and you have to be able to listen to what they're saying. And uh, you know, the uh, uh, being being a positive role model and mentor, you know, somebody that an individual looks up to. I use the word consistency earlier on. Being consistent in your decisions and uh and, and being ethical, I know in a recent uh, LinkedIn post, Mike you you made a, a comment about getting into a gray area uh, where you're being asked to do something that goes beyond your comfort zone in terms of complying with a standard operating procedure and uh, deviating from that. And uh, ethics plays a pretty big part in in leadership and understanding how far you're going to go in that gray area. Sure.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's a good post. That's a post that uh, I personally, um, you know, and we talked about before there's posts that I put up that, you know, I personally experienced and the gray area is something I feel like is more common than people realize. And it's something I didn't really understand how to articulate until recently, but, you know, and you've got a lot of experience, so please correct me if I'm wrong on this, but, you know, I find myself in situations where I can't immediately think of a policy or procedure that guides you, right? It's something that's dropped in your lap when you least expect it. And you have, you have to make a decision and you have to decide how to figure it out, whether it's patient care, a personnel problem, Mm -hmm. um, you know, a call that you're coming on, a call you come across, all those things. And, And what I've learned as well is over time, is I feel like situations never really repeat themselves. So I feel like a lot of times I'm like, well, I've never experienced this before. What do I do here? Well, this is similar to this last experience I had. Let me try that. And sometimes, you know, you're successful and sometimes you're not. Sometimes it blows up in your face. But, you know, ultimately I feel like, you know, ethically, morally, legally, as long as you're in the right path with that, um, you're going to be okay. And, and the gray area, I think, is... Where you feel the most uncomfortable?
1: Yeah, well, when you're when you're in that gray area in a leadership position, something that served me well, that I've learned from other good leaders and mentors over the years, is uh, I come back to three points to kind of ground truth my decision. Number one is what you're doing or what you're being asked to do legal, because in today's world, uh, you're you can end up in a court of law or in a lawsuit. Uh, so you want the law on your side. Uh, if, if somebody's asking you to do something that's illegal, uh, you, you're about ready to make a really bad career mistake and a bad decision that's not only going to hurt you, but your team. Secondly, is uh, is what you're going to do or what you're asking me to do uh, following national standards. You know, in the fire service, we have, NFPA standards like in the world that I work in and HAZMAT, NFPA uh, 470. I served on that committee for 28 years. And this, I can tell you that the standard that we are meeting today on HAZMAT teams is not the standard we were meeting 10, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, and certainly not 30 years ago. I mean, 30 years ago, uh, OSHA in 1910-120, what's called the Haswopper Standard, I don't think it existed. And uh, uh, so the standards are there, national standards. The fact that all the other departments around you are doing something and you're not doing it, or you're getting into a problem area where you're not complying with national standards. And the third one, I think everybody can identify with, we, we all grew up with a, a mom, a dad, or maybe a, Uh, a mentor, uh, somebody that we we respected that was our guiding light. You know, in my case, it was my mom. So I call it the mom test. And mothers have an intuition about what's right and what's wrong. And they're consistently trying to point you in the right direction about what's right and wrong, which comes down really in our world to to ethics. So uh, I call it the mom test. Is this decision that I'm going to make, maybe it's legal, maybe it meets... National standards, but it's kind of pushing it uh, with the mom test. It ultimately is what you're doing ethical, and uh, in today's world uh, ethics is becoming an issue. I-, I was shocked. I'm a certified safety professional, and I was shocked uh, to see uh, a couple years ago that uh, people applying and taking the test for certified safety professional. We're not doing so well on questions that were centered on ethics. Uh, And to respond to that, the Board of Certified Safety Professionals has developed an ethics course. Uh, What's ethical uh, in one firehouse uh, hopefully is consistent in another firehouse and across the battalion, across the entire department. So just summarize, is it legal? Are you meeting national standards and is it ethical? Uh If the answer to a couple of those or all all of those is is no, uh you need to seek some counsel you you're getting ready to make a big career mistake.
0: Sure, and you know the other thing too I feel i in my experience, especially in the gray areas, your instinct. I feel like your instinct is going to kick something in your brain. You know what to do for the most part. 99% of the time, you're going to know what to do. I think it's a matter of executing what needs to get done is the hard part. So, you know, and it doesn't have to be like a career call. It could just be you're in the middle of, you know, whatever the, you're in, you're going to a house fire and something doesn't look right. And one of the people on your shift or one of the guys on your crew is like, I want to do X, Y, and Z. Let's go through the front door. It's going to be easy. And you know that that's not the right call. And what they're saying does kind of look right. However, your instinct is telling you, hey, we need to go to the rear because I think it's in the basement. Well, you could just say, all right, go through the front door and not do anything. Or you could say, no, we're going to go through the basement. We're going to go around here. Do it now. That's an order or however the scenario you want or you know, any simple scenario for this uh, discussion. Yeah. <clears throat> and you know what it is. You know the answer to a lot of it. You know? and, and that's where the whole idea of stopping and thinking of, ethical, legal, moral, and, and as you said, as, as the mother test, I think, um, you know, I was taught that exact scenario, and was my comment back to the post that you're talking about, was the Washington Post test, and I learned that from, uh, and I believe what? he commented, Mark Bayshore, yeah. Mark Bayshore,
1: that's right, yeah.
0: Yeah, and when it, so when I went through OCS, he brought that up, and it would ended up being, long story short, I, I won't get too crazy into it, but the what he talked about in the OCS was, you know, decisions that you make are going to live with you. Good, bad, and different. And, you know, what you don't want to do is end up on the Washington Post. And the example that he used was a uh, police officer from the metropolitan area, the DC area, uh, was out in Vegas, long story short, got shot. Um, And it went on the news that he was shot in a club. DC DC police, or what I forget which police department it was, whatever, um, blank police officer shot in club. Well, he was off, had nothing to do with work. He was just at a club in Las Vegas. He got shot and then it came back on local newspapers as he was shot. The officer was shot in the club. Well, he's out doing his own personal thing. The point is it follows you everywhere. Who you are, what you are follows you everywhere. You know, if you're, if you're a Lieutenant with the Smithville fire department and you get a DUI, The title is going to be Smithville Lieutenant Charged with DUI. That's the whole point. You know, is. is... No, go ahead.
1: You mentioned instinct. Uh, Well, instinct comes from experience, but you got to appreciate that experience comes from a lot of bad decision making. Sure. Uh, You know, you make, especially as a younger in your career, you're going to make mistakes. Uh, The important thing is are you learning from them and building your mental portfolio of. of those and learning from those past experiences. Uh, But yeah, instinct definitely counts, especially if you have the experience to back that up. You know, if I have an instinct, I don't have to make a final decision right now, but that's the red flag that goes up that maybe I I need to spend some time thinking this through or seek some advice from, you know, from a mentor or somebody uh, that you trust. You know, I call them the trusted agent. I know in the in the intelligence business, a trusted agent is somebody that you're trusting to provide that information to, Uh, and uh, you know that when you give it to them, that they're going to protect that information. So it's great to have some trusted agents that when you go to them and say, "Here's the problem I have, what do you recommend?" You know, that's that's the end of it. It's not going to go any further than that person. If you can find uh, people that uh, like that that can advise you that you trust—that's uh, worth its weight in gold to me.
0: Yeah, and you have to. That's something that's very important. You have to have those people. And, and the other thing that I learned too is—and I learned this over time. I'm not talking about any specific person or assignment that I've had in my career. This is just span across my 16 and a half years. You have to be careful who you vent to because you never know where your leaks are. And unfortunately, the longer I go in my career and the more situations change and develop and stuff like that, I, I've, I've found myself really only going to maybe two or three people. If I feel like I really need advice and the situation allows for it, um, you know, and this is kind of that gray area still, I, we'll touch on that again um, a little bit is, you know, when you have time to be able to do those things, it makes for a much better decision. Unfortunately, there are times where you don't have time to make you have to act and you know that's the major gray area that's the gray area that makes you uncomfortable stressed out you know that feeling in your gut you know you're you're at level 100 and you know you you know i feel i feel like personally and maybe this is just you know i'm at a different place in my career but when i was a young officer and you know before i understood what you know the whole 80% solution of having 80% of the the situation or 80% of the information making an immediate decision is better than waiting for a perfect plan or perfect, uh, information. Uh, I believe the quote is a good plan executed now is better than a great plan later, I think is the quote. Um, mm-hmm. and I feel like that was when I was my, at my most, uncomfortable was in those situations. But what I learned was, and you talked about this a little while earlier of making a lot of bad decisions, gave you the experience. What I learned was um, that's when I started knocking out some successes, right? Like some big ones. You know, you come up to a situation, you're not sure what to do. You're incredibly uncomfortable. Everyone's looking at you and you're like, uh, this is what needs to. My instinct is shooting at this. I need to do X, Y, and Z, and you do X, Y, and Z, and you knock it out of the park, and everybody sees it. That's how you start well, building that trust. You build the confidence in yourself.
1: Yeah, it's it's important to have some guiding principles that are yours that you're not going to compromise. And I agree with you. It's important to have a plan. You know, the best plan is a good plan. The next best plan is a bad plan. The worst plan is no plan. Sure, I think that was. Kind of a borrowed from Theodore Roosevelt, believe that's uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, it goes it goes back to uh, the point that you just made about you know if you're if you're playing Marine Corps rules and you're seventy percent ready, you're 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 going to make a decision and, and attack.
0: Yeah, and you know what? Typically, I think a lot of that, and I mean, I, I don't know a lot about the military, but especially in the fire service, and and you can probably. uh touch on this with the hazmat stuff because it's, it's fairly similar as well. You know, you, you train and develop, um, your instincts through basic skills, knowledge, you know, basic building construction, basic engine company operations, basic, you know, in in your world that the hazmat stuff, like they're all the basics, you know, there's a basic, there's a very simple organic way to do most things. And if you are very sharp in those, you can adapt typically to anything. You know, you could say, it's a three-story apartment building. Uh, I'm not really sure how to get to that top floor, but I do know we need to get a, home, a hose line up there. Through my experience, I know 50 per floor, the building sits back 150 feet. You know, we'll lead off with a 300-foot attack line or a 250. We're going to lay out. We're going to pull past. We're going to have plenty of line. We're going to let, you know, our we're taking steps to establish water. Taking a handline to common means of egress. We're gonna get our line in place. We're gonna flake it out. We've we've practiced on getting our gear on, masking up with or without gloves on, the most basic things. And everything else can all it, it all fall into place. I think at some point. But when you have those basic skills, and you do those over time, and you did those before you were in that leadership position, I think that's when you start having that success of knowing you can pull the trigger on those on that seventy percent. I, I feel I, like.
1: I, yeah, I totally agree with you that, uh, you know, when you're failing and when you're failing, a good place to start a course correction is go back to the basics. I mean, you, everybody should have their fundamental basics uh, down, you know, it, whether it's hands-on skill basics, fireground kind of stuff, or decision-making, you know, we talked about have principles and don't compromise them, you know, going back to the ones that I used, is what I'm being asked to do legal, and my following national standards? And is it going to pass that mom test, or as Mark, Chief Schorch says, the Washington Post test? Uh, you might have different ones. It, it doesn't matter, but the, the, those are your ground truth principle principles as a as a leader uh, that you can fall back on, and you you learn those from associating with high quality people, uh, and uh, and seeking out good mentors uh, and, and building your own your own principles you know you can, you could can take what we're talking about you can develop your
0: own but over time over time your principles could change too, depending on who your um mentors are and I think as over time your mentors can change the further well, you go
1: yeah well, you know laws change society changes uh ch- changes is an absolute. Uh, We're we're constantly changing, and if you remain static, whatever those principles are, are maybe not going to serve you well. I mean, just look at today's fire service. uh, Issues like uh, diversity and substance abuse and uh, uh, cultural differences, and these are issues that are current issues today. Ten years from now, we're going to have a new set of issues. It doesn't mean we're throwing what we learned away, but we're building and expanding upon them. Sure. Yeah, but, but ultimately, you do, you, you, I think human nature—we we all come back to basics. I mean, basically, if you're a good person in life, you're coming back to those good person basics. And if you're a bad person, uh, you got a bad set of guiding principles, and you're, you're always going to come back to them unless you get your life straightened out.
0: Sure. And you know, the other thing too, ultimately, when you have these uh, situations that come up and and your leadership's tailored, it's all because of the people under your command and the people that you're leading, right? So, you know, you have inclusion or cultural differences, those things. Well, that's because there's people behind that. There's people that the inclusion affects. There's people that, you know it can affect positively or negatively. And ultimately, at the end of the day, the whole goal is to get a group of people to accomplish a task. Like that's what leadership is, right? So it's not that you're, you're wavering in your beliefs, or it's not that you are wavering in your non-negotiables or your standards. They may need to change for the overall success of your group or your team. Um, You know, and then again, there's things that will never, that do not need to change, right? So you go on a fire ground, you go into a house fire, whatever it is, you know, it is a dictatorship. It will not, not be a dictatorship. That's the way it is. And you Mm -hmm. have your standards, your non-negotiables. Those things don't have to change. However, inside the firehouse interactions with other, other people, those things may need to adapt and adapt is different than just changing. Changing is, you know, to me is you're changing what you're doing in, in its entirety with no direction. When you're adapting, I think you're changing for a reason with a goal, a benefit, and almost like you're learning. I don't know if that's the right way to say that. Mm-hmm. You, you understand what I'm saying? You understand what I'm getting at?
1: Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, you, you mentioned di- diversity, and uh, a battalion or firehouse is very diverse. You have people from different backgrounds. Uh, I I think the key point uh, to be a successful leader is uh, we talked about guiding principles and you need your own set, Uh, but you need to be consistent in the application of those. Uh, If you like, if you watch baseball, we've all seen bad umpires, you know, if, if, if this, I need that consistent strike zone. Sure. Uh, Yeah. So uh, if, if today the, the strike zone is going to be the lower right. If that's what you're counting as a strike, I, I can live with that, but don't change it the next time I'm up to bat. So uh, having a consistent strike zone and your leadership principles being consistent uh, so that you, you're you setting the tone and the expectations for the team. I mean, uh, most good bosses, and I've had really good ones, fortunately, uh, in my career, I kind of knew the answer when I went to ask the question <laughs> because uh my bosses were, were pretty consistent. They were very predictable. Uh and there were many times there were issues I was just not going to take to my boss because I knew what the answer was going to be. I knew that uh he or she was not gonna not gonna go with the recommendation. Uh but uh from that I could make a decision and press on and, and turn that what I was gonna do into action because of consistency in the leadership.
0: Yeah. No, I know. I totally agree. I, and I'm in the same boat with that. You know, I, I feel like when you handle it that way as well, I mean, ultimately, it's going to get back to your bosses as it is, right? Your officers, whoever. They, they're going to know when you make that decision and handle whatever that situation is. They're going to know exactly what you did because they're supervising you or they should know what you're doing. Um, and then over time with that as well, I feel like that consistency is reciprocated. So they, they will do something a certain way, which is, as you said, makes them a good boss. But when they look down, it, or not look down. When they when they uh, observe what you're doing as an employee, you know that's coming back up to them that you're handling it the way they want it to, right? And they know you understand their goals, their mission, or their um, tactics on the ha- how to handle certain things. And I think when that goes up and down the chain of command of, you know, you're pushing down how you want things done. They're pushing back up how they're doing them. It's all, we're all in line. We're all being very successful. I think that creates that rapport of trust as well. And then as that goes on in time, you know, I don't want to say people would back off, but as it goes in time, it's, it goes away from, you know, micromanaging or it'll go away from, you know, even really doing more than saying, you know, hey, Mike, I, I need you to do X, Y, and Z. And now, and now I know, I don't even have to look back at you twice because I know you're going to handle it, you know, and that, and that creates that, that um, rapport and trust and develops rapport and trust and develops successful teams as well. So, well, is there anything else that you wanted to cover? I mean, we're kind of getting close towards the end. Um, is there anything that we that we missed? We didn't bring up anything that you know you got. You really want to get out there? Or?
1: Uh, well, just a uh, you know brief commercial to promote uh, Ybor Leadership Development yes. Foundation. Uh, check out our our website. Uh, if you got Facebook, like us on Facebook. Our public information officer, Mark Brady, is posting. He posts leadership related stuff, like uh, book reviews, uh, stuff about the activities of the foundation. Uh, he's posted uh, a Tip of the Spear podcast on there before. So uh, go to Yvora Leadership Development Foundation, or YLD, and like us on Facebook. Uh, we're on X and LinkedIn. Uh, but our website has book reviews uh, on fire service leadership books. So if you want to read some Buyer Service Leadership books, and you you don't know what they're about. You can read our book reviews. We have also books on leadership in general, Uh, so there's plenty of good stuff on there. Uh, You can uh, apply for one of our applications, not just for scholarships, but if you're uh, an individual or a department and you have an idea for a leadership-related project, uh, you can fill out an application and apply. Uh, It's cutting it short, but our deadline is uh, October 30th, so you still got a couple days uh, to apply. Uh, But, uh, yeah, if you would, uh, like us on Facebook and uh, follow us. If leadership is something uh, that you're interested in, it's uh, a good way to get free information and think of it as the gateway to other leadership topics.
0: All right. Well, Mike, thank you for your time. I appreciate you. Uh, I appreciate you coming on and I enjoyed this conversation about leadership and, and, uh, the scholarship foundation and and what you guys are doing. I think you guys are doing some really good work. Um, if you guys haven't had a chance to go out and check that website, give it a, give it a look. We're going to have the links for everything in the episode description. Um, Mike, thank you. Uh, please hang out, hang out while I close the episode out. All right. Thanks. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Um, you know, everybody, thank you for your time. Thank you for listening. Take a look out for more future episodes and uh, we'll see you guys around. Thanks again. And uh, tip of the spirit leadership, be present, be yourself, be unstoppable. Thank you guys and enjoy your day.